Today's podcast was a lot of fun. I had my friend Jesse Burrell on, who is one of the founders of Batch Leads, one of the top software providers in all of the real estate investing industry. We talked about what his journey was like starting out just like me as a real estate wholesaler, flipper, and then going into the tech and SaaS space where he's really thrived and uh, made a lot of wealth and helped a lot of people along the way. Uh, during the second half of the show, we get into deep about tech and what it's like building a company of over 160 employees with over a $1 million a month overhead. So it's super cool to talk about it. And uh, it's really expanded my mind to think about what it would take to create a new company that has a potential billion dollar valuation. So you want to make sure you stay to the end. Now let's jump into it. Are you looking to grow your real estate investing business? My company, Future Flipper, can help. We've taught hundreds of people all over the country how to flip, wholesale, and buy rental properties. And it doesn't matter where you're at in your investing journey. Whether you're trying to get your first deal or scale your company, Future Flipper can help. We have courses, coaching, and events for all levels of investors. So if you want to take the next step, go to futureflipper.com and book a free consultation to see how we can best help you. Once again, that's futureflipper.com. One of the hardest parts about real estate investing is finding a good contractor. That's where Southwestern Custom Construction comes in. They've been doing remodels in Nevada and Arizona since 2006. As a fully licensed and bonded general contractor, they're able to help with any type of renovation, all the way from an entry-level fixer-upper to a custom luxury home. Southwestern Custom Construction specializes in working with investors. I've personally used them on many of my projects, so I know their team is legit. If you want to get a bid on a project, head over to customhomenow.com. Once again, that's customhomenow.com. Welcome to The Ryan Pineda Show. Where our mission is to invest. I only expect to make money in things that I understand. Innovate. It's about believing in the future and thinking that the future will be better than the past. And inspire. I am much more likely to hit my goal just due to putting it out there. You're now rocking with the best. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Ryan Pineda Show. Today, I have a very special guest, actually one of the sponsors of the show, Jesse Burrell of Batch Leads. What's up, man? What's up, brother? Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for uh, coming down from sunny Phoenix. I was there a couple weeks ago or something. Pretty you were? Yeah. I felt like I flew to the same weather. It was horrible. Dude, it's been really hot here lately. 110s. It's crazy. Yeah, 110s every day. But, you know, I was in Georgia last week, and I'll tell you, their 90 degree with humidity is worse. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, I was dying. But uh, for those of you who don't know, Jesse's had a very interesting career, um, starting out as a real estate investor, which we'll talk about. But uh, to me, the thing that he's done that's really extraordinary is building out batch leads and the whole, you know, community and family of batch products with batch dialer and batch driven. And, uh, they're tools that not only I use to find deals that have made me, you know, probably millions at this point. Um, but also all of my students and, um, just tons of people all across the country use. And, uh, in turn, um, he's become a very wealthy man by creating such an awesome <laughs> product, but it's also made other people wealthy too. So, I'm excited to dive into his journey about uh, how he ended up there because I don't think you're a tech guy. I'm not, not at yeah. all. So he's not a tech guy and he created a tech company that's doing tens of millions of dollars in revenue. So um, before we get into that though, dude, let's just hear your journey, dude. Like where'd you start out at? So basically I started, um, my friend Danielle Kroll, who you know, yep, 
she started working for a real estate investor, I think in like 10 or 11, and they were buying rentals. So they had a small fund, and then they're also flipping homes, and they needed someone to start flipping homes, and I came on as an employee and basically was an acquisition manager, but you could still find deals on the market at that time through short sales and foreclosures back in Arizona. So that's basically how I got started was just looking for fix and flips for a real estate investor for like a full year. Okay. How'd you do? I mean, how many deals did you lock up that first year? Probably. It wasn't like 20. 20? Probably. And then were they like MLS or what? Yeah. MLS. So all MLS deals, that's, this was in 14. So you could, this was before I even knew what wholesaling was. Mm-hmm. So I just had no clue what was going on. I was just getting deals. The thing I learned the most though, was I got, I was able to go to the flips and I got to learn rehab costs and he had to teach me, okay, this is how much this is house is going to cost. This is how I make my profit. So I really learned how to underwrite. And that was the valuable lesson I learned probably my first year that I didn't even realize how valuable it was. Yeah. That's one thing I tell people all the time now is like, most people want to start out becoming a wholesaler. Right. And I'm like, bro, you don't understand like real estate investing if that's all you do. Right. You know, you don't know what it's like to do rehabs, how to manage projects, how to raise money. I mean, there's so much more that goes into the big picture of real mm-hmm. estate investing, not the quick buck. Yeah. So that's cool that you you immediately like learned like most of those things right out the gate. Yeah. And I was helping uh, do a little bit of the property management. So I had to place a couple tenants in, which is horrible. I hate property management, but I got to learn cap rates and got to learn, you know, rental grade houses and the things you do to maximize profit. So, I mean, it was all a valuable year in my opinion. I don't think I would have done as well if I didn't learn that first year. Yeah. What, I mean, how old were you when you were doing that? I, I'm old, man. I was, yeah. I was a late bloomer, uh, 28, I believe, or 29. Okay, so you're 29 when you started your real estate career. Yeah. I mean, dude, why'd you jump to 29? What were you doing before that, dude? I mean, I was I went to college for a long time. I wanted to be a professional poker player. Oh, really? I sure did. Okay. So played a lot of poker online back during that boom. Full tilt. Yeah, full tilt. America's car room. Did your money get uh, like stuck in full tilt? Did you lose it? I stopped actually a little bit before that. And then I was going to school. I, I'm a golfer and I've golfed my whole life. So I actually wanted to get into, you know, being a teacher for golf is what my goal was. That's what brought me to Phoenix. And I learned after the two years of doing internships for golf, I'm like, there is no money in <laughs> golf. I was like, I want to be a member at the country club. I don't want to work at the country club. Dude, you know, I'm golfing Thursday. You might have to extend your trip. <laughs> what are you playing? Uh, Dragon Ridge. Ooh, I've heard that's nice. I joined my membership there and, uh, I love it. I go every week now. I'm trying to become decent. <laughs> well, next time you're in Phoenix, I have a membership at Phoenix Country Club. Okay. It's a great course. Okay. Play. I'm going to bring my clubs next time because uh, now I'm taking it serious. I'm getting lessons. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to break 80. That's my goal. I could help. Yeah. So, okay, you, you're trying to play poker. Um, were you successful at that? I did okay, but the swings were horrible. You know, and Dude, fin- the mental grind of poker ups and downs like the bad I, beats yes <laughs> the bad beats will get you i was never making a fortune but you know in your early 20s i'm profiting three to ten thousand dollars a month basically month over month over month so i was able to have fun do things but it really prolonged starting a career of you know that's a the real, only way a I, real job yes <laughs> and i just i was like finally got to a point and that's when i kind of transitioned into the golf thing and then I realized from that, I was like, I, I don't love that. And I wasn't great ever working for someone. I'd always have a good idea. 
right? Always want to like look at the system or the process and how can we make it better? And people would always just shut me down, like working those corporate jobs. Yeah. I was just frustrated. You're like, hey, this is like what the greatest golfers do. This is what you should do. And they're like, nah. But even just working <laughs> on a golf course, like, hey, we could be more efficient and give a better customer experience to the guest if we did this, this, and this. And like, oh, well, that's not how we do it. Yeah, they didn't want to hear it. And I'm just, I was. So baffled. you realized you couldn't be an employee, essentially. I'm not employable. Never yeah. was, never could be. Yeah. I love that. So. You, you do the golf thing, you do the poker thing. I mean, what led you to real estate? Like how did, did was Dan, she was just your friend? And yeah, we worked at a restaurant together. So I had restaurant jobs in between all this. I was just basically doing everything. So I went to college basically all of my twenties on and off. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like my COO, Sean Bob. We call him a uh, Van Wilder. He went for like eight years and never graduated. I, I did graduate <laughs> with a, actually a nice degree, uh, the uh, business science at WP Carey, which is their uh, business school at ASU. But it sure did took me a long time. I should have been a doctor or a doctor and a lawyer by that time. What does business science even do? It's just your it's it's the BS degree, so it's there's so it's just a business degree. Yeah, there's it's, but there's BAs and BSs. Okay, BS is better, but I, I never did anything with it. So yeah, I got an economics degree, and I don't know if it was a BS or a BA. It's BS, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna start telling people that I have the economics degree of science. <laughs> um, so <laughs> you, you're doing all these jobs, uh. And then Danny joins this real estate firm. Yeah. And she's probably making some decent money. Yeah. She brings you on. Yeah. And then how long does that go? That went for a year. And then I was lucky enough to get creative with my boss. Um, I got my first condo in Old Town. So he bought it off market for like $50,000, a nice one bedroom in Old Town. And Renner moved out. I was like, hey, I want to buy this. And what I did was I got a little creative. Um, I was like, I had him pay for the rehab and then we just tacked it onto the purchase price. So I got a fully remodeled uh, condo in 2000, I think 16 or something for $72,000 or something is what we agreed on for the price. Right. And then two years later, I sold it for 125,000 when I moved into my next house. Nice. So that was pretty interesting. But and then after that, he was starting to shut it down because he said the market was going to turn in like, whatever year that was, 2016 or 17. So you, he's a little you, early. You could pick any year. Everyone's been saying that for the last <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> and then from there, um, I started, Danielle started flipping. So I got my real estate license and started selling her off or selling her deals. So I would just go look around what I did for him. And I was able to make a lot more money instead of just getting, you know, paid a small half a percent for every deal that I would get for them. Now I get, I could rep them on the buy side. Right. And I did that for just a few months and then all those deals started drying up. And that's when um, wholesale came to me through Jared and Danielle to where we both all kind of learned it at the same time. Yeah. So they start figuring out this wholesale thing. What year was that? 2016, 17? 15 or 16. 15 or 16. And then um, you guys ended up starting your own company together? Yeah, we did. I actually introduced them. So like I was friends with Jared through a friend and obviously Danielle through work. And I was like, hey, these guys are both super smart. Like, I'm going to partner with them. Doing this. <laughs> I want to be the dumbest one. <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> Those two, let me tell you, they are, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. Uh, the word I'm thinking of is like cerebral, but I don't think that's what I'm trying to say. It's just like. That's a good word. No, that's a good word for them. Yeah. Like they're just, they're, they're, they're like not sharks, but just like they're so sharp. 
compared to normal people mentally. And uh, you see, I mean, when I see successful business people, I see it in multiple ways. I mean, I see the the charismatic guy who could talk his way into, you know, whatever he wants to do, right? right. Then I see the people who are just that much smarter than everybody and like, you know, they're just scheming up something that you have no idea what they're doing. But once it hits, you're like, where did that come from? That's Jared all day long. Exactly. Every time I'm like, what are you up to these days? Like, let's hear it. I'm, I'm certain I've never heard of it before. He has this crazy new thing that he's learned in this new master plan. And he's always just been so eager to learn. He's, he's really fun to be around. And he's, he has such, he has that energy. He's always smiling. He's always happy, but he's always scheming on something. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to have to get him on the podcast because he, <laughs> he'll, he's always a good interview. Um, so you guys do the company together, you know, what happens next? So, you know, I'm happy now, but they fell in love. They're getting married now, but it wasn't <laughs> very easy when, you know, we have three partners and two of them start dating and then living together to make decisions, you know, together. And they wanted to start building their own portfolio. It's really hard to have three partners, which in general, which I have again. So we'll get to <laughs> that later. It works now, but it was just, we had different visions of how we wanted to lead a company. We had different visions of, um, how we wanted to invest our profits and, um, it was tough for a little bit, but they're still like best friends again. And we hang out and do stuff and we've collabed on some stuff too. So, you know, they, they're killing it and we're doing okay too. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So that that's cool to see that, uh, you know, in a partnership, um, you know, whatever you, you guys break up as partners, but to see both succeed in their own ways and then to see, you know, still the friendship and everything there, like that's cool. I mean, most partnerships don't end up that way. Usually it's animosity or, you know, both crash and burn or one <laughs> crashes and burns who thinks they can do it by themselves. And then, you know, whatever. Yeah, no, it, it turned out to be a blessing to where, um, I'm still able to go to them for advice. They come to me for some stuff. Sometimes, um, we all have different skill sets and I'm just grateful for them. She brought me into it. I would not be where I'm at without her. Right. So I am forever thankful. She was one of my best friends before I got into real estate. And I'm glad we were able to get back because, you know, at the end of the day, a great friend means a lot more than any amount of money. Right. For sure. So you end up going your separate ways. Um, they continue on the wholesale path. Yep. Um, I've bought deals from them. Uh, what, what happens to you? So I end up bringing a few people from the company that we had together over with me. And I basically started wholesaling and flipping myself and it was basically, you know, just competition, but it was nice being able to flip homes and keep a hundred percent of the profits instead of, you know, 33% of the profit. So I really started cherry picking our best deals and I was doing, I had a small team, uh, two or three acquisition guys, one dispo and a lead manager did like 50 deals to hundred deals my first couple of years. That's crazy. So, I mean, for a guy having success doing that, like what made you stop? What do you mean? Well, you, you were having success as, uh, the wholesale side and, and doing all that. And you built out this company, but then you started transitioning to batch. So what happened? Uh, that's a weird story as well. Dude, I want to hear it. You just got tons of weird stories, man. So that I lost my skip tracing and we were doing a lot of cold calling at that time. And I met uh, Evo, my now partner at a mastermind. And he's like, Hey, I found this new great skip tracing source you know, I'll, I'll hook you up. And I was like, okay, you know how much he's like, oh, he's not good at sales. He's like cost. <laughs> it's like, I love you brother. 
So then I started having success with it. And at that time, it was really hard to skip trace or batch, you know, skip tracing in large quantities. And I was able to do that. So it was really nice to do that. And from there, um, I was like, hey, I might have some friends that may want to use this product. And like before we knew it, we had a business. <laughs> so you, I mean, obviously there's way more that goes into that story, not just, you know, eh, this works cool. Like let's, let's make a business out of it. Uh, it. It really just started exploding once Brent Daniels, we got him to use it and then all of his students. And then it just snowballed into this big thing. And we like, just looked at each other like, okay, like we need support. And then you're just in catch up mode trying to uh, keep up with demand at that time. Right. So let's like talk about that with business. I mean, for me, I I've started many different businesses as well. And, um, some take a while and you can grow slow. Some demand just starts like, you know, crazy right out the gate. Um, I'm experiencing that with lunar e-com right now, my e-commerce company, like, right. uh, just the, the moment I announced it, it was just like all this demand. And, um, we've had to just hire like crazy to help with the onboarding and the, um, customer service and all this stuff. And it's like, I did not predict it would just grow that fast, um, which is great, but it's just part of business um, versus like flipping houses and stuff was always like a slow, slower grow. Even though, you know, in hindsight, compared to most people, we scaled it really fast. It's not like we needed all these extra guys to do it though. Right. You know, um, there's a lot more complexity with um, selling products in a real estate company. What I've came to learn with um, when someone's getting onboarded. Uh, you need support for people. Exactly. You need, um, account managers for people. If something goes, there's, it's way different than, and I had to learn that and it took us some time, but it's a lot different than just building out a real estate company and what I was used to. I thought I was going to be able to use a lot of traits I learned here for there. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I had to read a lot of books and go to quite a few seminars because it's, you have to learn quick in um, the SaaS real estate investing space. Some companies do a really good job and we had to learn quickly to make sure that we could be one of those companies that really support, you know, our users. Right. Yeah. And that's, I'm learning the same thing with the e-commerce space. It's just, it, it really is more, you have your product, which is why people are coming to your business. But at the end of the day with these SaaS products and uh, digital products, I'll call them like what yeah. we have with e-com, it's uh, more about just customer service and like, you know, can you. I'll do you one better. It's yeah. actually the customer experience more than the service. So customer service, that's that's something that's reactive. That's someone reaching out to you saying, hey, we have a problem. If you hit the customer experience right, then you already know before they're going to have a problem or you're helping them or you're calling them to where their experience, those first 90 days are the most important days that you'll have. Either you're going to have someone that wants to try something else because they're not happy with their experience or they're going to be a customer forever because of the experience you give them. Right. Yeah. No, I love that. I'm going to definitely write that down in my notes. So you end up, uh, you know, you're, you got your wholesale company, which is doing great. Um, you guys are doing a lot of deals and then you kind of start this other one up as just, Hey, there was this problem in the industry of people <laughs> getting their skip tracing shut down. I was actually one of those people too, as well. Later on in my career, our skip trace got shut down. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, by the way, um, skip tracing is simply getting a homeowner's phone number, contact information, et cetera. Um, there are companies out there that provide this data for you. And uh, it seems like a lot of investors were using what's called TLO back at the time. Right. And um, 
eventually they they shut people down. It was weird, man. Getting approved with TLO was like super odd. You had to like have a locked cabinet and like <laughs> yep. a locked door, like just the most random things. Like you all have right. a lock on your door where the and then there has to be a cabinet in there with a the lock, and that's where you put your. I was so confused. Yeah, with that process. It, everything about it was so weird. Um, and they were notorious for shutting people down. And I don't know that many people still use them these days. Um, most people will just use what you've created with batch leads. And yeah, it wasn't you know. meant for real estate. That's why you got shut down. People were you know, misleading how they were using the information. Yeah. And that's not what TLO was meant for. I mean, people are getting social security numbers and stuff like yeah. you shouldn't be doing, you shouldn't be getting that. So. Yeah. Well, and that was what I was like tripping out about. I'm like, dude, like you can get social people's socials like this, like that easy. That, yeah, that, that's a that's a story for for another time for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, either way, uh, that was the uh, early days of real estate investing, and then it became more sophisticated. And like you you figured out, there was this need that um, investors were having. Like, how do we get information to market better? Right? right. At the end of the day, and you came into your own problem, and Evo provided you a solution. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you start telling your homies about it. Basically, yeah. And then all of a sudden you just have this huge demand, even though you may not have intended to have a business out of it. Correct. Right out the gate. So, (laughs) and then that started spawning off. Now we have, you know, five products. So the next product was Batch Lead Stacker to where I wanted to be able to have, you know, a way to where I can manage all those data, not skip trace the same you know, phone numbers over and again and be able to organize data and stack it and do a lot of different things. So that came in, um, which is now called batch leads. And then we started just introducing all the different products that we have inside of it to where it's more of like a all in one marketing tool for real estate investors and some agencies and some insurance people use it too. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So you guys, as demand grows, you go to Evo and you're like, yo, we should just probably make this official. Is that how it went down? So yeah, basically what happened was um, we, we kept the batch skip tracing separate and then we each had our separate wholesale companies still. Mm-hmm. And that happened like six to nine months and we each had our different offices and finally got to a point to where it was, we were so inefficient with our time. I looked at him and his sisters, our other partner, Annie, shout out to you, Annie, you're great. And we basically just combined everything, both of our wholesale operations and so we could all be in the same place to where we could be a lot more efficient. Cause we're all, we're buying data separately. We're still marketing to the same people. It was such an inefficient way to where we knew that we're fit. We dated for a while. Okay. Let's bring it all in together. And then we just started moving from there. So after six, nine months, you guys make it official. Y'all become partners together. Yep. Um, you're back in deja vu again. Yes. <laughs> you're with the, uh, Annie's Evo's sister? Yes. Okay. All right. So, you know. So I'm like, they're not going to date each other, hopefully. <laughs> you don't got to worry about that. <laughs> um, but it was it was actually something that I really thought about for a long time is, can this grow enough to where we could all hit our financial goals? Yeah. And that checked a box. And the thing that didn't work with Danny and Jared that worked with Annie and Evo was they let me be the visionary and the leader when Daniel and Jared, we just we'd never define roles and that's where I'm suited best is to lead, come up with ideas, relationships, all those things. They're both more integrators to where they want to be behind the scenes. They're analytical, you know. Just like Danny and Jared, but like we just didn't know 
what my role was. We just started businesses. It was all of our first business together. We had no clue. We just, we thought the smartest person was supposed to be the leader. And that's not always necessarily true because Jared is smarter than me yeah. when it comes to book smart. And so is Danielle. But when it comes to street smart and understanding people and how to motivate them, I have that skill set that they don't have. Right, right. No, for sure. They're all drastically different skill sets. Um, I know for a fact I cannot manage people. I'm just trash at it. I'm like, yo, here's your role. Just go do it. Like if you don't do it, you're, I don't know, <laughs> but that's not how people operate. People right. are not, you know, usually self-disciplined or self-motivated or, um, accountable the way that I might be. But that's where you hire good. I've been very good at hiring uh, leadership to where people that are really good at doing that to where, you know, I have some people I really trust, just like you have some very good people that help you, you bring the vision down and you let them, you know, manage the show for you. Yeah, no. And that's what I realized. You know, I, I I'm so grateful. I had a guy, um, his name's Gary Harper. I've, I've talked to him or I talked about him a couple of times on the podcast. Yeah, Gary's great. And, uh, he's with, you know, sharper solutions. Um, or I forget what he calls the whole enterprise. Yeah, Sharper. We used to, we yeah. went to him for a while, but we switched from EOS to, we use OKRs now. Okay. So uh, both of those are business systems basically for um, creating, you know, structure and org charts and uh, systems processes in any business. Doesn't have to be real estate. Obviously, Jesse's now has a tech company. <laughs> and, um, but I, I use the same thing for everything I'm doing, whether it's home run offer, whether it's lunar whether it's Future Flipper, we all have the same process and everything across all of them. And it was after I finally met Gary that I realized that that's how you have to run business. Everyone needs a defined role. Everyone needs, um, you know, every business needs a visionary. Every business needs an integrator. Um, and if you're listening to this and you have no idea what I'm talking about and you don't have, you know, 20 grand to go drop on a coach, just read the book Traction. Um, rocket Fuel as well. Yeah, rocket fuel is the follow-up to traction. Correct. But it really shows the difference between, that's one of my favorite books, to where I was like, oh, like yeah. I read it after I was partners with Annie yeah. and Evo. I'm like, oh, this is why we work. So this is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, so check that out, guys, by Gino Wickman. Um, and he's like the founder of the EOS model. So, uh, you know, obviously you and I are both uh, at the top with those visionary roles and uh, – not probably not very good at managing people. Um, whereas Evo and Annie and my, all my other people, the Sean Bobs, the Matt bond at true books and the Brian Davila's at future flipper can all handle the day to day and, uh, all that. And that's why it's successful because you need both. Correct. So, you know, you guys build out batch skip tracing. Um, and I know at some point you guys transitioned away from wholesaling into just focusing on that. Yeah. When was that? Was it July? I think it was a year ago. A year ago, July. We had to, I had to make the decision because I'm sure you went through this to where you get spread really thin. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of people that have, um, that use and have put their value in using our products to where I had to make the decision is, we have to, if this is what we're really going to go do and we're going to be the best at, all of our efforts need to be to support these people, to have them go get deals. And we had to stop doing it. It just got to a point to where having our time still focusing on that just didn't make sense. And I'm not a coach. And as I said, I wanted to be a golf instructor, a golf coach. This is the way that I could really give back to the real estate community is really try and help people 
build products for them to get deals. And then people like you can motivate and show them and teach them how to use them and what to do with all the negotiating strategies. It just isn't my passion, but I love helping people. So I weirdly found a way of how to still fulfill what I want to do to help people in a way I never thought I'd be doing. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that, dude. And you guys are doing some crazy stuff, which we'll get into here in a sec. But real quick, let's hear a quick word from our sponsors. Have you ever wanted to invest in real estate, but you didn't have the time to find deals yourself? That's where Fundrise comes in. Fundrise is a crowdfunding platform that has transacted over $5 billion in real estate and has over 150,000 active investors. While many funds, like my own, require accredited investors, Fundrise allows anyone to invest with as little as $500. If you'd like to learn more, check out Fundrise.com. Once again, that's Fundrise.com. How often have you driven around and seen houses that were in rough shape? If you're a real estate investor, you know those are the best deals. With Batch Driven, you're now able to capitalize on those homes. You can mark the home, get owner information, and send them a mailer or a text right from the app. And there are other great features like lead management, MLS data, and real-time driving routes. If you want to start today, you can get half off your first month by going to batchdriven.com slash Ryan. Once again, that's batchdriven.com slash Ryan for half off your first month. Now, back to the show. So... One of the things you had to do was go all in, which is not easy for most people, right? Um, I tell people this all the time. When you're starting this business in real estate, whether you're being a wholesaler or flipper, you got to go all in at it, right? It's hard to compete with me right. when I'm all in and I'm going hard at it and you're part-time just maybe you know, getting after it. Like you, You'll run into a deal here or there. Right. There's no doubt. And I, I'm, I'm totally supportive of the people who have a full-time job and are working to get that first deal and transition out. Like that period is very tough. Might be the hardest period you ever go through. 100%. And, but but at some point you gotta make the choice to go all in. And uh, for me, when I went all in, um, you know, I was, I was flipping couches and playing baseball, <laughs> just like doing all these hustles, dude. Uh, but I was still getting deals, but by no means was I reaching my full potential. Right. It was only after I went all in and retired from baseball, you know, took everything off my plate and just said, I want to be the best house flipper in Las Vegas. Like that's it. Yep. And I, you know, how am I going to be the best when I'm playing baseball half the year? Right. Right. So I go all in and, um, you know, in my own mind, accomplish my goal. D did I make more money than everyone else? Probably not. Uh, but in my mind, I'm like, I did the very best that I want to do. And, um, same thing has happened with social media, right? Like a couple of years later, I'm like, Hey, I want to be the best like real estate social media guy, whatever you'd call that guy. I've talked to you <laughs> this, you know, off camera, everything I've seen you do, you've been intentional, you've been consistent and you've crushed it. And we're a part of some masterminds and stuff together, or actually I'm not a part of it, but <laughs> I get to go to some of them. And, um, it's just impressive what you've done and, and, you are that determined, that focused, and you're very intentional to where, you know, that if someone could say, what's Ryan the greatest at, that's where I'd say, like, you really shine. Just being focused. Just ultra focused, ultra confident, and just determined. Like, no one could tell you differently, and you will just figure out how to do it, and you do. And now you're on to your next thing, and then your <laughs> next thing. Like, every time I talk to you, I'm like, I'm like, I thought I was doing a lot. So it's... It's incredible, dude. It's it's really fun to watch. I appreciate that, dude. I, I would say, uh, for me anyways, 
I know when it's time for me to move on to the next thing, right? I'm like, hey, this is the goal, and I'm literally not doing anything else until this goal is done. And, uh, you know, is it related to the real estate side? It was like, hey, until I'm flipping 100 houses a year consistently, I'm not messing with anything else. And so reach that goal, great. What's next? Okay, like let's let's teach people, right? Because everybody at that point wants to learn. Right. Yeah. So, okay, let's build the best possible coaching program we can. And, you know, I feel like we did that at Future Flipper. And we're still obviously in my flipping business, in my education business, we're still trying to get better. It's not like, okay, those are done. Like, right. those are staying the same. Like, no, we never want to stay the same. But I feel like my heavy lifting is done. Yeah. Like, I've laid the foundation. I've got the right people, the right seats. They're going to naturally push it forward without me. Correct. Um, and I still obviously am there, but it's like they're going to be able to do the heavy lifting. Then it was social media and building that out. It's like until I can get to 100,000 YouTube subscribers and hit my goals with all the platforms and start this podcast, make it a top rated podcast, I'm not going to do anything else. Okay. You know, we did that, hit my goals, I said, all right, now let's go to the next thing. Let's start a fund. Okay. Let's, you know, do the, the e-com business. And, uh, I know I need to get on that webinar tomorrow. So how do I get onto that? Well, um, by the time this airs, that webinar will have been done, <laughs> but I will tell you off camera, but for those listening, um, by the time this probably airs, I would guess, um, our fund will be full, but if it's not, uh, well, actually it doesn't matter if it's full or not, because you'll still be able to invest in the next fund. Stuff, right? yeah, yeah. 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 We'll have the next fund. So go to PinedaCapital.com and, um, you can apply to join the fund wherever we're at. We're going to get great deals forever. <laughs> there's, there's no stop to that. But uh, the point is, I've literally gone all in on whatever it was that I wanted to do, and I did not go to the next thing until that was done. We were pretty good at that too. Is I would not, we wouldn't add another product until we really felt comfortable and had a good team to, to start something new because you have to be able to support you know, the people that are in the business and the people that are signing up for whatever product or service, um, that you're, you know, selling to them. Yeah, no, for sure. So you guys realized just a year ago that it was finally time to just go all in. And, uh, I think that's a tough thing for people to do. So we didn't realize it a year ago. We finally did it. A year ago. <laughs> you realized it years ago. We, it was, we probably did another six to seven months and that's because our wholesale pretty much ran itself. We had some good people. Once things unravel with them a little bit, we're like, I, I'm not rebuilding this again. Right. Um, but I wanted, they had good jobs. They were making good money. We kind of held on a little longer because of the relationships with the people we had that were inside the business. And then once they wanted to go off on their own, then it was much easier for us to just be like, okay. And then we could seamlessly transition out of it. Right. For sure. Yeah. And I think um, I've actually been having those thoughts lately with, uh, everything I'm doing, right? I mean, it's like, if I'm going to start a new business, um, it better make more than, you know, the previous business, right? Like at this point, I'm only starting businesses that are like big, big money. And uh, it's like, okay, the real estate brokerage, I love it to death, but it makes like less than 1% of my income, <laughs> you know? I've Steve Trang's told me that too. Yeah. And it's not that it's a bad business for most people. It's a great business. And, uh, it's just with what I've built since then, it's just not even a drop in the bucket. Correct. Um, 
you know, tax is kind of that way too. Is like, you know, tax is great, very profitable, but in the grand scheme, it's a drop in the bucket. Yep. Um, house flipping used to always be the bread and butter, and that was where I've made my wealth. But now, as I go into these new things, it's not that that's a drop in the bucket, but it's like that's still now instead of it being the you know the eighty twenty rule where yeah. that was like eighty percent of my income, well now that might be down to the twenty percent with how these other things play out, and so it's like education and e commerce and the fund, those will far out exceed everything else, and so it's like man for me to even think about another business, even though that's the furthest thing from my mind at this point because right. I'm still all three of those are my main focus. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, I don't even know what it would, it would have to be a SaaS tech product. Like what you have where it's like, okay, this could go public. This could get sold or bought by an investor. Like it could be, you know, we're talking nine figures. I like that number. Yeah. And that, that's the only way I would start a new business at this point is if it had nine figure selling potential. It doesn't mean I got to sell it, but just, Hey, it's gotta be valued at that. I agree. I couldn't agree more actually. Yeah. So you guys obviously have uh realized this as well um but instead of going like wide like me where i'm like hey let's start new businesses and whatever you like went deep on the batch brand and you're like laser focused on hey we're not doing anything but batch related activities right no more wholesaling no more anything else i was doing like it's just batch and how do we make batch the premier company in all of real estate investing and i'm sure you got even bigger plans to get out of the real estate niche as well. We sure do. There we go. That's how you get to that really big numbers. So just tell me like what that's been like, um, just going so deep at it and starting with your core product of skip tracing to then developing, you know, batch leads and and this database. What was that like? So what we've really been good at and what's really been helpful to us is, um, so a lot of, SaaS products in real estate, they just have one thing that they're doing. So it's just a driving for dollars app or just skip tracing or, you know, there's Mojo caller and it's just for that. Yeah. We've been able to build all these products, you know, over years now, and we're able to use technology we already built for one and give it to another to really could start making our products superior to some of our other competition, which is super exciting because at the end of the day, you want to be able to have a suite of products to where someone could come into, you know, our sphere and really get that same experience and be able to understand everything that they're doing, um, in one place. So, and I'm not gonna like, there's a reason I promote batch to my students and why you guys are sponsors. Not cause you guys are just paying me so much money that like, I truly believe that you guys have the best product now. As far as product goes, I think the advantage you have over other companies, and I know that you guys would say that, oh, well, it's the best product even in its own niche standalone, but I think what you have better than everyone is the network effect of, hey, everything is together, right? Like we have the skip trace right here. You could text here. You could list stack. You know, you can now have a dialer here. You can have your driving for dollars all in one spot. And so it's kind of like the Apple effect. Like, yo, if, if you want an iPhone, you, you better get a Mac with it. <laughs> you better get the earphones. Yeah, you have to You have to get the iPod. Or not the iPod. You're not getting the <laughs> Ten iPod. Ten years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're not getting the iPod. But it started with the iPod. Just like oh, you started sure. with Batch Skip Trace, right? And yeah. then it evolved into the iPhone, the flagship product, 
which for you guys is batch leads. Absolutely. And then you start off these other things like uh, the iWatch, you need all this stuff. And uh, it just, it makes life easy. There's a reason I will not buy an Android phone or a a PC computer because I need to be able to text on my computer. I need all of my mail synced. I need my Safari and I don't have a choice. (laughs) Apple has basically made me use uh, like everything Apple, but also going forward, if there is another product, I have no choice but to buy it from Apple. But, so that's a good analogy, to be honest with you. <laughs> but it makes your experience so much better because everything's so interconnected. And that's why I love Apple. I finally switched from Apple. I'm talking two years ago. I refused. I always had the Android. And once I started using all the products. You realize I was like, you're like, oh, I'm my down. mom has a phone now. My dad has, like, I literally yeah. bought my whole family phones because, like, this experience is so much better. And yes, do you have to use everything else of theirs to make the experience great? But it makes that experience better than using the Androids. It just does. Yeah, I mean, nothing's integrated when you have an Android phone. You got a Windows PC. You got uh, whatever you got on the other things. <laughs> you know, you might even have an iPad, right? Like, you might have all these different companies, and but none of them connect the way that Apple, Apple connects if you have everything Apple. I agree. And uh, I think that's what you've done with Batch that is the biggest strength. Because um, even if... Uh, let's just say your dialer isn't as good as another dialer. Right. You're still more likely to use your dialer just because it's all intertwined. Right. So it gives you a huge advantage over the competition. And also too, like you said, you get economies of scale that way as well. When somebody, when you're using tech that you develop for one company and you can use it for another company, it allows you to do that very quickly. Yep. And it also allows you to, um, already have a built-in customer base that immediately gives that product, um, you know, customers. Yeah, we're, um, we're able to do a lot of cross-selling and cross-selling in a good way to where people don't know about the other products. They'll sign up for one thing and then, so like if someone signs up for skip tracing, I have someone call every single person that just skip traces with us. He asks them where they're at with their business, what they're doing, and then just lets them know, okay, we have this, this, and this. Is there anything that you'd be interested in trying a trial on? And it's just really that simple to where we're just trying to help you. Like I have ingrained this in our team is if they don't succeed, they're not going to keep using us. So how can we help them? Not just with our products, but we almost have to be teaching them, you know, some real estate investing too. And a lot of our team has to know that too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, (laughs) And I, I actually just got a, spur of inspiration while you were saying that um, for my companies, because we do cross-selling as well. Now, granted, we are selling like totally different things versus what you're selling as far as it's all integrated into batch. Kind of. Well, for me though, I'm like, a lot of my people say who join Future Flipper and get coaching, they end up buying an e-com store from Lunar Ecom. They're totally different. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's uh, true. But then also they need tax, right? Yeah, because I was like, Definitely the the true books. And then yeah. I guess the agent thing, you could cross sell to maybe doing the, so it's not as integrated, but no, yes, there's, there's, there's going to be some cross selling of every product though you have. Right. Sure. But the problem I have is I don't have anyone dedicated to cross selling, right? Like whereas you're saying, Hey, somebody skips from us. Let's right. immediately call them. Let's see what else. They don't even know what other products we have. A lot of times they came there to just get one thing and they don't even realize you have all these other tools that can help take them to the next level. And uh, I need to do a better job of that. I need to create like a salesperson who's just. Uh, I don't want to say like a brand ambassador is what I would think. 
but they have to know that's going to take time. And they got to know all products, all of them. That's, that's what took us a long time. If you lose that person, you better find the next best person that has a pretty good knowledge of everything inside your business. Cause we've had to take those people inside our business. Like I've had, what's really cool too about our business is we're able to have our team. They're able to, you know, move up positions and cross into different, um, jobs for different companies too, to where it's like, let's say they're on batch leads and there's a account manager there and there's an opening for dialer sales. So it's really cool to do that on that side too. But I would definitely say someone that has a lot of knowledge of all of them, if not, it's going to take you three months to probably train someone to do it. But yeah. I think it's worth it. Like yeah. 100%. No, I a hundred percent agree. I mean, when you got six different things to sell, you know, it's like, well, for one, everyone needs tax. Like that's hundred percent. That that's an easy one. Um, but yeah, no, I'm with you, dude. I I got to do a better job at that. And uh, you know, I would say for you guys, um, I'm just super impressed with what you guys have built out and what you continue to build out. Um, because I I saw you guys from the beginning of you know just offering skip tracing and just like most people start up business like hey we're just like figuring it out and. Uh, you know, we're, we can get you guys good stuff. We're getting by with grit and hustle. And then yeah. that's every business. And then to see it become this uh, sophisticated company with different arms and products. Like how many employees do you have right now? Uh, 165. 165. Between all the, the whole suite of products. Yeah. To go from you and Evo <laughs> yeah. to 165. What's your overhead a month? Uh, well over a million dollars. Well over a million bucks a month in nut guys. So that tells you like the skill set you had early on does not apply really to where you're at today. Like it's a totally different skill set of, yo, we got to manage a lot of people. We honestly, we have a great team. Like, yeah, that's, that's where it lies. It's not me. It's not Annie. It's not Evo. Obviously we've done a good job, but without all the people we have and creating such a great culture and having a great team, like, yeah. I mean, we could only do so much. Yeah. No, for sure. So, I mean, you guys are, are absolutely crushing. I mean, you're doing tens of millions in revenue. I mean, we're not going to get into that, but like, I just, I look at it and I'm like, man. Well, I hope so when our burn rate's over a million a month. Yeah. You better make at least eight, <laughs> you better make eight figures when you spend, you know, at least 12. <laughs> so, uh, but I, you know, I look at the, uh, software industry and it's like, okay, these tech companies are, are where people are getting these massive valuations, right? Yeah. Um, speak about that. Like, is that something that's in your mind about getting a valuation? Um, have it you is. ever valued, have you guys ever got like an appraisal or not an appraisal, but like a third party to, to value the company and something we have to do with our new operating agreement. Um, we have an idea cause uh, we know someone still has to want to buy it. And you know, the real estate, there's not a lot of, um, M and a, like, to be honest with you, I talked to some people that do M&A, uh, mergers and acquisitions, mm -hmm. and like the real estate investing space for how big it is, it doesn't have a lot. It's such a new, I think the SaaS in real estate investing is, it's so new that there's not a lot of, um, you know, private equity or VCs buying them, but you still need to get an evaluation. And we're not planning on selling, but we've talked to a lot of people. You have to be set up and prepared to sell. One, that means your business is dialed in from accounting, to leadership, to org charts, to knowing everything to where one, you're just going to run better. Yeah. And two, if you do decide to make that transition, it's not going to take you two to three years to, to put that strategy together. And then who knows if 
someone even wants to buy you that time. Yeah, right. You may, you may have your best offer today and, uh, you know, it would have made sense to sell. Um, but I have to be open to it. If, if someone comes and hands me that big of a bag, yeah, I have to just be like, all right, looks like I'm going to invest in Ryan's fun and yeah. we're, we're going to rock and roll, I guess. All right. What, what, what bag would it take, dude? What would, what would make you sell at this point in your career? I'm putting you on the spot. Um, well, I got two other partners, probably 500 million. 500 million guys. You need half a billion dollars to sell today. I don't want to. Like, No, I know that. Yeah, I know you're not saying that's what it's worth. That's just the number that would make you sell. Like, yeah, it'd have to be some <laughs> crazy number to be like, uh, 300. I, if I, if I got a hundo, I'd, I'd probably walk. That's <laughs> okay. So it's not, <laughs> you already, okay, hold on guys. He said he's a good sales guy and he just talked himself down from 500 <laughs> to a hundred. I didn't even say anything. It's the power of negotiating. No, um, I just like thinking about it. I'm like, I'd be cool with that. But yeah, as I said, I'd be cool. you got partners and, but they're, it's my per, what would I go do? It's, it's not about the money. It's about the purpose. And I love what I do. I love my team. It would, it would really have to be some crazy number for me to even consider it because it's yeah. not something I really want to do right now. Yeah, I mean, so my students actually asked me this on a call. They were like, we were talking about my dream house on the mountain. They're like, what would you sell it for? I'm like, I'm not selling it. Like, I have no intention of selling it. There's always if, a number. Yeah, I'm like, what am I going to buy? They're like, okay, but Ryan, you, you teach us. Everything has a price. Like, what are you going to sell it for? And they're like, what would you sell the land for right now? Would, would you take $5 million? I was like, no. You know, granted, I bought it for six twenty. I'm like, no, I don't. I'm not going to take it. I I believe it's worth more than that anyway. Right. And I'm not going to take it. They're like ten million. I'm like, no, I still would not take ten million right now. Wow. I mean, um, it is beautiful piece of land, and what you're doing with it's going to be yeah. once in a lifetime type stuff. Yeah, it's literally it's one of a kind. Like, what what could I replace it with? Um, but then yesterday, or not yesterday, Saturday, I was touring the Summit, which is um, like Vegas's most premier community. It's by this company called Discovery, which has done these communities all over the world. And uh, the minimum lot in there is like $5 million right now. Wow. Most houses are probably valued at $10 million at the minimum. Uh, you know, so you're, you're talking anywhere from ten to $100 million. Like that's what there's going to be worth. Right. And uh, I'm like, okay, this would be pretty tight to live in here as like the poorest guy. And uh, and uh, I'm like thinking in my head, I'm like, okay, first off, I would never like, I'm not going to say I would never live here because I, I would totally do it. But I'm like, man, it's it's 250 grand just to join it. It's like six grand a month in HOA and club dues. And your, your lot alone at the minimum for the peasant lot is 5 million. Wow. And uh, if I want a good lot, we're talking 10 mil. And I'm like, okay, right. I've got my lot right now. Like, even if I did sell it for 10. But you have so much equity. Like, if you buy there, how much equity do you have and what are you building? So it's just like. Yeah, exactly. Who knows? But anyways, I was thinking like, okay, the only way I like sell my lot and move there is if uh, I just got a, like such a dumb offer that, uh. I'm like, okay, I'll sell and I'll just build like a beast in there. Right. And so that's going to fund the project. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Basically. So it's like right now, I don't think there's any amount for my lot that I would take maybe like 50 mil, but, uh, <laughs> just, 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 it's totally not worth that. I just don't want to sell it. Correct. Um, exactly. but like down the road, like let's say two years from now, I build the house. Right. And the market is whatever it ends up being it, you know, and my life will be drastically different by then. You know, maybe I don't need the money and I don't care. But, you know, maybe somebody offers me 
50 million for the house. Then I'm like, Oh man, I got to really think about this. Like, <laughs> and then, but then, you know, you go through the process of having to build again, that's three years. And you're like, dude, it's, it's the time. Yeah. I can't buy my time back. So yeah, you cannot, that's the hard thing as you start like leveling up as your time is the only limited resource you have. And, um, it's crazy to think about that. Like, okay, you know, in two years, if I turn down $50 million or something, like how stupid is that? Like I'd have to be in such a position where I'm like, I don't care. But, but even now when I think about it, I'm like the fact that I'm, I would turn down 5 million for my lot right now, like a, crazy. a $4 million profit in a yeah. couple of months. Yeah. I'm like, eh, I don't want to sell it. It's true though. It's what, what do you go put it into? What's your time worth? I mean, you'd literally have to have a house that you, I mean, you're building this for you. Yeah. So no one, no other house is going to be this house you're building. No, this is the perfect house because I'm building it for me. Exactly. Yeah. I picked a lot. I'm picking every detail of it. I can't go buy another house. It's just going to be worse no matter where it is. It could be, it could cost more and be worth more, but it's worse to me. Correct. So yeah, just interesting. It's just interesting, man. That's why I was curious, like what your number was. But you did negotiate your yourself down pretty quick. I did. <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll cut that out, guys. So you, so all the VC guys, they're like, all right, Je <laughs> Jesse's for sure. He'll take like $5 million for the company. Like it, he's a pushover. Yeah, uh, that, that won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, okay, let's talk about the big plans then. I mean, you're already obviously doing crazy revenue and crazy profits. Um you know, we don't know for sure what the company is worth at this point, but, um, you know, and obviously you need a buyer, but you yeah. guys are working on that just in case if an opportunity did present itself. Yeah. But, you know, assuming you guys are just going to keep chugging along and doing what you're doing, like what's, what's the future look like? We have another product rolling out in August. So we're excited about that to where, um, we're going to be going, as you said, we've drilled really hard and deep into real estate and real estate investing in particular. We're going to be start to start offering data to, you know, more enterprise companies and a lot of different uh, verticals to where see what kind of data that they need. And then with our dialer side, we want to have in, inbound stuff coming into where that could go to enterprise as well, to where basically any company could be using us for the dialer and then batch data to where we could really start using um, our resources to, you know, sell elsewhere. So you guys are trying, obviously the real estate niche is, you know, well, the, really, you guys are real estate investing niche. Oh, yeah, a little bit of real estate in general. But, you know, we want to talk to mortgage companies. How can we help them? Realtors, how can we cater to them? Our heart will always be in batch leads. Batch leads 100% is definitely built for real estate investors. And it always will because we cater to it so much. But we have a lot of this information and this technology we've created to where we could really start using it um, with other companies. Yeah. So... I mean, that's obviously how you would get to the next level is like, all right, the, the pool of real estate investors is only so big. Right. right. And, um, I feel like you guys have tapped into it pretty good. Do you feel like with the investors, you may have hit the ceiling already or is there room left or what do you think? There's always room. There's always room. But like, do you think, I guess with the 80, 20 rule, it's like, there, you, there's still room to grow, but yes. Um, if we really want to, as you said, jump to the next step or the next level, we have to have other verticals. I mean, that's how all big companies grow and thrive is you need a larger pool of people to, to use your products or else, you know, you can only grow so big. That's think of Slack. Slack's good for 
any company for communication, it's not just meant for real estate investors like a Podio would be. Right. You know, what's worth more, Slack or Podio? Well, I don't even think Podio was even meant for real estate. <laughs> it wasn't actually. <laughs> I don't know what Podio was meant for, but it sucks. Um, and I, unfortunately, I have my CRM on Podio. I wish I didn't, but there's like not really other options. Um, but even like, uh, let's just to speak to that, let's talk about Salesforce, right? Like Salesforce is this big behemoth. Yeah. Um, and th they're in every industry, you know, they are. So it's like that they, they've proven that, eh, I don't know what industry they started in, but they're broad, they're business. And so right. they can go service anybody. Correct. And so that's kind of where you guys are, are headed is like, we're picking some verticals that we're comfortable with, but yeah, we'll slowly keep adding on more and we just have to learn how can our data, you know, help you in which way and what are you looking for? Cause we're going to have to build some stuff out specifically for some different verticals, which I'm excited to do. Cause I'm really like, I'm like you, we've done a very good job. What's the next thing to where we, I could really push myself and learn and find new ways to, you know, to grow revenue. What do you think motivates you to do that? Challenge. It's you, fun. You're just bored. I'm not bored at all. It's just fun trying something new. So you start off wholesaling. You want to challenge yourself on fix and flipping. Yeah. Then you want to challenge yourself to where could I build this rental portfolio? Yeah. Then, okay, how do I start developing? I mean, you've literally done that progression too. Like you yeah. need to keep pushing yourself to see how far you could go and how, how far you could push and challenge yourself to get better. Yeah. It's just challenging. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, challenge is a great word. I love constantly being challenged. If, if I'm not challenged, I'm like, this sucks. It's like sports, dude. It's like, if you, if you, sports, so. yeah, if you were just so good that you never were challenged, you're like, this is boring. Right. It, but it also means you're not playing with the right people. <laughs> Correct. Right. And so, uh, yeah, for me, for sure. Challenge plays a role. Um, like you said, uh, you never mentioned that like, Oh, I want to like live this crazy lifestyle. Like you definitely, despite your Lambo, um, <laughs> you know, you're, you're not living this crazy lifestyle that like, Oh man, I got to fund this extravagant life. It's never about that. It's like, it's the challenge that pushes you forward. It's the, you know, just like the next big thing, like, yo, like let's conquer this. And for me, I, I do think I get bored. Um, cause I'm just like, all right, I don't know. I, 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 I guess I enjoy the challenge of starting something completely new. I do too. <laughs> it's not good though. It is not good for sure. Um, most people, uh, I would definitely never suggest going wide like I have. But you've done a good job because you've conquered it and mastered it. And you, you're really good at putting systems together and then moving on. And that's something we've learned too is this, your businesses better be dialed in if you're going to start another one. Yeah. And, and you're to the point too, to where we're at, unless I see this crazy thing, like I'm not going to go start um, lending hard money with you. If we have a million dollars to lend, it's, it's a drop in a bucket that makes no sense. Like right. it needs to be big. It needs to be something um, that will challenge me and something that I truly believe in that could help impact lives. If it's not all three of those things, I don't want to have anything to do with it anymore. Yeah. It's funny when you think about um, like venture capitalists, right? They, uh, they are only looking for big ideas. They're like, yo, if you can't become a billion dollar company, like we ain't investing in you. And we're comfortable knowing that, you know, 95% of our investments will be zero. <laughs> they just are looking for maybe even more. They're just looking for the 1% of companies that end up hitting the jackpot. Right. Cause those are the ones that 
you know, number one, obviously make a lot of money, but number two, change the world in a big way. Yeah. Um, you know, and <laughs> it's weird to say, it's like, if I tried to go get my house flipping company, you know, someone to buy into it. Yeah. I mean, there might be somebody, but it ain't somebody big. They're like, what am I going to do with this? This ain't changing the world. This ain't, uh, you know, you can't make house flipping. I guess you could with open door. I take that back, but open door is like changing it with tech. Correct. Not just let's flip houses profitably. In <laughs> our industry, um, I think the the people that have done it great is Keegley is the one person, the one company that's really franchised and taken it to where they could position themselves for a PE to buy them or a VC. Yeah. To where you know they're selling franchises, they have residual money, there's franchising costs. Right. And they've put together an amazing product and they have some proprietary stuff on how they build lists and how they do things to where, you know, it's valuable for someone to have that franchise. Mm -hmm. But besides that, I, I can't think of many unless you could think of something. Well, I mean, I think you've got them and the, the people who started that We Buy Ugly Houses. I mean, Homebusters. Homebusters. They've been franchising forever. And um, I don't know if anyone's ever bought into them or whatever, but uh, I know they probably made a killing over the years doing that. Pace had a franchise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of, like, uh, Mike Cam, right? Tons of people. Tons of people have had you know, home investors franchises. I mean, they're, they're the OGs. They've been doing it forever. For sure. Um, but even with the franchise model, um, you can make a ton of money. I mean, a VC definitely might buy it, but, uh, I don't know. I don't see a real estate. I see more of like a PE maybe. Yeah. I don't, I don't see a real estate investing franchise being a billion dollar company. You know, I see them investing in the open doors, the Zillows, the, sure. the tech companies that, you know, that's why I'm excited about Batch, the software. I mean, software and tech is like the easiest path to a billion. And I I think about CRMs, look at Salesforce, look at, they're, they're all tech. And so I think yeah. when it comes to real estate, um, and actually now that I'm thinking about it too, um, I know Loan Depot, they just uh, did some big things as, as a mortgage company and, and Rocket Mortgage and Quicken, all those guys. Yeah, those Quicken's are, huge. Yeah, they're, they're all huge. Um, so I guess, I mean, there's a lot of ways to do it. Uh, it's just, man. All I could say is if you're going to, if you're going to dream, dream big, yeah. if you have a crazy idea, go for it. Yeah. And that, I guess that's my point is once, you know, the fund and all these other ideas that I've got are, are where I want them to be. And uh, they're running smoothly without me. You'll find something else. I, I will find something else. And it will be like a big high in the sky attempt at whatever it is. Like it'll be some type of, I already know it's going to be tech. There's no doubt about it. Like I have to get into the tech space in some form or fashion. So Batchinata. Batch, Batchinata. <laughs> we're we're going to come to annihilate the competition uh, in something. I don't know what, but it, even if there is no competition currently, we're going to crush it. It's it's. <laughs> but that just goes back to, to a slack or to so many like there's, have you heard of ProfitWell? No. There's so many, once you get into SaaS, there's all these companies and you're like, and then you see the type of business, Tranual, think of Tranual. And they just started, you know, two years ago. What are they worth? I don't even know. Uh, I think they got valued at 150 or 200 already. Yeah. And he just got it started. Um, uh, my buddy Elijah's friends with the guy, he was talking to him at the Suns game when we went to game one uh, uh -huh. last week. But I mean, some of these evaluations are nuts. Like you'd be surprised with. Well, the, I, the I was sales. The recent books I've been reading are all 
about tech startups. So that's why I'm kind of like talking like this because I'm like heavily influenced by that right now. But, uh, you know, I'm reading the book on Uber startup. Uh, I just read it on WeWork and how WeWork was, <laughs> you know, trying to become a real estate tech the biggest company. scam yeah. in the last 10 years is WeWork. For yeah, sure. for sure. You know, trying to act like, you know, executive suites are this revolution <laughs> <laughs> of like tech. It's like, dude, you just are renting out office What, what did they get up to like 60 billion or yeah. something? Yep. I mean, they got SoftBank to give them like 10 billion and... Yo, that dude sold a dream. Hey. I just watched a documentary on it. It was incredible, like the rise yeah. and fall of that. Yeah, the book was great. Um, but it goes to show we we said it right at the beginning. You've got the smart assassins. You get the the talker who can yeah. talk his way into anything. That dude talked his way into a fifty, sixty billion dollar valuation. Crazy. And he still has money too. Somehow. Oh, he's still a billionaire for sure. Um. But yeah, man, um, that's kind of what I'm thinking about. Not, not, not being WeWork, but, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> figuring out how I could, uh, I think you will, you will, you will come up with your big idea and I promise I'll be here to help cause it will be hard. There's a lot to learn in SAS, but yeah, everything you put your mind to, you've been great at. So I'm not too worried with whatever you do. You'll be good. Appreciate that dude. Well, um, I really do appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate you guys supporting not only the podcast, but, um, you know, all the students and just the real estate community in general, you guys are crushing it. And, um, you know, if, if you guys are thinking about, um, using any of the batch products, uh, we'll link to them down below. I've got different affiliates with them and, um, they got different, um, offers on those. So check them out and, uh, yeah, man, appreciate you having you on. Dude. Thanks for having me. This is, I don't fly out to a lot of podcasts. I really wanted to be on this. So thanks again for having me, bro. All right, cool, man. And guys, if you're not subscribed already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Thanks for watching the Ryan Pineda Show. If you want to work with me, head over to ryanpineda.com. You can find my courses, coaching programs, and upcoming events. We also have free resources you can download, so head over to ryanpineda.com.